0: Welcome to another uh, episode uh, of our uh, of our show here, where we're going to talk to uh, Ben Lee. Uh, today we're talking about uh, the issue of uh, Macau diversification. Uh, I'm Michael Penn. I'm the uh, executive editor of AGB Nippon, the Japanese branch of uh, A- Asia Gaming Brief. And so let's go ahead and just jump right into it. Uh, so uh, first of all, Ben, there's always talk about Macau diversification. It's it's a theme that goes on and on and on, but do you see it actually happening in a serious way? Well, up until recently, I'm off the uh, uh, the skeptical uh, side, in that you know we I've lived here and listened to that uh, political rhetoric for the past uh, fifteen years, and have not seen. Any sign of any real commitment by the government or its people towards real uh, towards any form of diversification, it has been a you know a series of long-term plans uh, initiated by Beijing imposed on Macau. However, the I suppose the commitment and the drive just doesn't exist here on the ground. To get real diversification, we need to basically open up Macau, open up its economy, and more particularly, open up its labor force to external talent in order for us to be able to uh, germinate, incubate, and grow uh, the the non-gaming component that is so. that would have been so important to a real diversification of the industry. However, all we have seen on the ground here is basically pandering to local demand that the jobs be protected for the locals and for uh, basically local companies, local uh, initiatives to be, I suppose, cocooned uh, from any real competition. But having said that, we have recently developed a new uh, hypothesis that could actually see a game changer in Macau. They want Macau as part of this Greater Bay Initiative to become a world center for finance. You know, you know that's, that's Hong Kong's claim to fame. That's Hong Kong's expertise, core expertise. And then they want Macau to become as well as part of that to become a renminbi clearing platform for the uh, Lusophone countries, the Portuguese speaking countries, and you know we all have been sitting here on the ground shaking our head and saying, "Well, you know, <laughs> that's never going to happen. How is that going to happen?" Right? There's been no incubation of the necessary talent, uh, and uh, more importantly, as I mentioned before. There's no drive to do so. And you know it's nice to be to say that, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna become a, clearing, a rim and remedy clearing platform for Portugal, for Brazil, or for, for Zambia, but really the amount of business we do with those countries are woefully small. And then suddenly the proverbial light bulb uh, went off. We started seeing more strident calls, and mentions of the digital renminbi that is currently being trialled in five cities in China. And Xi Jinping himself visited Shenzhen, which is going to be the driver of uh, the digital renminbi. And we ask ourselves, the de facto, the default casino currency in Macau, up until now has been the Hong Kong dollar. And historically, there were very good reasons for that. Hong Kong used to be our biggest market. And you know, for the honkies to come across, play in, in pitakas and then go back and having to convert and recon, it just does not make sense for them, right? And apart from that, all our major transactions from buying apartments to buying cars and any major transaction are all conducted in Hong Kong dollars. And having the Hong Kong dollar as our real major currency, de facto currency, Macau, uh, obviates the requirement for the Macau government to actually track the money supply and to try and size, uh, to gauge the size of this inf- of this informal economy. As I said, that, that was a historical reason, but with the market having moved to mainland China, And with China now accounting for something like close to 90% of our gaming revenue. That means the players have to come from China, they convert the renminbi into Hong Kong dollar, and then they come to Macau to play in the Hong Kong dollar where some of the transactions, the common transactions around town are in Patakas. But when you go to a hotel room, you are paying Hong Kong dollars, you get Hong Kong dollars, but you wine and dine in in Patakas or renminbi, Hong Kong dollar. You know, it's just a three-headed hydra. What is there to stop? Macau replacing its default major currency with the renminbi. And then all of a sudden, all this talk about Macau becoming a a renminbi clearing platform and this introduction and trial of the digital renminbi all of a sudden made a lot more sense if macau was to replace the default casino currency with renminbi all of a sudden you have a huge gravity in terms of volume now in 2013 the casino currency was about uh, sorry the the volume uh, in terms of gross gaming revenue was about 45 billion us dollars worth informally including what happened on the table, we estimated uh, that the overall gaming revenue was closer to 120 billion US dollars for that year. In uh, 2019, the formal gross gaming revenue dropped to about 37B. If you add up informally, probably around 50, 60B, which is still a lot of money. Now, imagine if that was to be in RMB, all of a sudden, Macau to become an international clearing platform for MNB started to make a lot of sense. Number one. Number two. The right now, China, it, it's like it's like a whack-a-mole game, right? They have to monitor these hundreds of thousands of transactions, the leakage from China to Hong Kong, China to Macau through the underground channels. Right, the conversion of the RMB into Hong Kong dollar, primarily. And Hong Kong dollar, because it's paid for US dollars, into foreign currencies, freely convertible. If the casino currency in Macau was to be in RMB, all of a sudden, it's no longer an issue. Macau becomes a single currency jurisdiction with China. The need to monitor and control the, the leakage out of its economy is uplifted or will be uplifted from the bottom level to the corporate level. The casinos will be making their profits in renminbi and the casinos will then have to apply to central authorities to convert the renminbi into a foreign currency and to be able to repatriate that. It's an elegant solution to all the issues that we currently have Miguel out leakage, underground channeling, and more importantly, from the junkets' point of view, the junkets currently have three main functions. Identify and market recruit slash recruit players for casinos. The casinos still will not be able to do that, right? It will still remain a main function of the junkets. B, credit is a huge volume multiplier. If a, if a player comes to play with cash, let's say he comes with a million RMB he loses that money and players remember are always hopeful. They always underestimate the potential uh, size of your losses and they come, they come, they lose too quickly. They want to continue playing. The casinos have difficulty in granting credit because they can't enforce the credit, right? But the jungle operator with a greater ability to collect will be able to maintain that function. Now. The, the third function of the Chang'an Opera is, i.e. the movement of funds from China to Hong Kong or from Hong Kong to Macau is a function that derived from having to meet the two main functions. It's something they, they had to do in order to fulfill their two primary functions. I don't believe that they're going to lose too much sleep over the third over losing that third function. In fact, you know having the ability to move money freely from mainland China to Macau will be a big relief for them.